Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast, your Sacramento Kings podcast with Matt and Matt. Matt. What it do, baby? That was a nice little uh, intro there. Um, We wanted to start out this episode. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to do an episode. It has uh, been. But we're back now and our kids are finally healthy. Yeah, I'm healthy. I was sick. Yeah, that's right. You were. Kids are taking care of me. It it seems like the last couple of months, somebody's always been sick in one of our families. It's been a, a rough cold and flu season this year. I think next year I'm going to get two flu shots. Two flu shots. <laughs> so we wanted to start out this episode uh, by doing a, a little uh, uh, paying homage and doing a tribute to Kobe Bryant, because uh, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the, the terrible news that recently came out that Kobe Bryant passed away. It was on January 26th in a helicopter crash on the way to his daughter's basketball game. He was 41 years old. uh, And uh, to make matters worse, his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, uh, was in the helicopter as well and passed away, as well as um, seven other passengers. And um, I just remember I didn't have my phone on me. Uh, we ran some errands, me and my family, and I came back to the car and saw my phone. And I had like 11 text messages in a 20-minute window. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I read was from you, Matt, and it said, um, bro, Kobe died. And I was just in shock. Um, yeah, I'm still in shock. It sucks. And um, it's been a week, and I didn't – obviously, I didn't even know Kobe. But, uh, you know, being a humongous sports fan that I am and a big basketball fan, um, it rips your heart out and you know to throw fuel on the fire his daughter being there it just makes it worse um teams around the league uh they've been showing respect and and homage like you mentioned uh taking eight second and 24 second violations you know it's number eight and number 24 uh taking those to start the game is kind of a tribute to kobe um a lot of tribute videos and stuff which have been nice to see but still it sucks yeah, it was just terrible, tragic news, and he's um, definitely uh, an iconic figure in American sports and in worldwide sports, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the tributes, and I was actually in attendance uh, Wednesday night for the Oklahoma City uh, trouncing that the Kings took, and oh. the uh, one of the highlights to that game was actually the Kobe tribute, though, and they had this huge... Uh, video image displayed of him on the outside of the arena on the monitor outside Uh, and then they did a nice video tribute at the beginning of the game and they had the performers wearing kobe shirts black kobe shirts Mm. which was cool and and i saw a lot of kobe jerseys which you know a month ago you never would have seen uh in sacramento (laughs) but um for good reason here and i thought that was cool that people were paying respect to kobe so 
Yeah, that when was something cool. like this happens, you got to put aside the um, the rivalry aspect and think of it as you know human being to human being type. Yeah, behavior. exactly. We're not Kings fans and Lakers fans. We're human beings at that yeah. point. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of the the major accomplishments. For those of you who don't know exactly what Kobe accomplished, it's pretty incredible. He came into the NBA in 96. Uh, he was in, originally drafted by Charlotte, but then traded the Lakers. Uh, he came straight out of high school. He's one of the last stars to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 20 seasons in the NBA and in 18 of those seasons, he was an NBA All-Star, which is just That's incredible. Sick. Yeah, it's amazing. 18 of 20 seasons. Um, he was a part of a member of five NBA championship Lakers teams. Probably could have got more if him and Shaq would have stayed together. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, he was a 15-time member of the NBA All-Team and 12-time member of the NBA All-Defensive Team. Again, just incredible. Surprised to read that he had only won one MVP, League MVP award. I know mm-hmm. he had two NBA Finals MVP awards, but in 2008, he was the League MVP. Yeah. Um, and we all know that he was a great scorer. Uh, he was a scoring champion twice, and he uh, just recently got surpassed by LeBron. And so he went from being third on the all-time NBA scoring list to fourth. Yeah, and a, a bona fide Kings killer. Oh, I know. <laughs> His career versus the Sacramento Kings is 42-24. and 24. That's, uh, that's insane. It doesn't surprise me. So he won like two-thirds of his games against the Kings. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me. Does that surprise you? No, I mean, well... It felt like he always beat us. Well, especially since we were so bad for most of his career, but even when we were good, I mean, he was the reason why we never got into the finals. The, the Lakers were always our our exit um, team. Right. I always, you know, growing up, I, and I say this with, with air quotes, I hated Kobe, but not hated... Obviously, I didn't even know him as a person or really much about his character, but just I hated that he was so good specifically against the Sacramento Kings. He was one of those guys that was so good that you were just irritated. Right. Um, he you was just so hated clutch. How he made your team lose. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I respected the heck out of him, but it was very frustrating to see him beat us time and time and time again. And I think that just shows how much of an amazing player he was and how clutch he was too. Has yeah. there, you could argue there hasn't been a more clutch player in the NBA than Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he's nuts. He's, he's definitely, as a basketball fan, fun to watch when he's not playing your team. Um, reminds me a lot of Michael Jordan. I grew up watching Michael. I love Michael Jordan. Uh, but just as a, a player, um, the charisma and uh, the competitive spirit and the work ethic, like he just, um, you know, second to none. Yeah, that's the thing is a lot of players nowadays, you either see them with just pure um, freakish athletic ability that they're gifted with or a really hard work ethic. But Kobe was one of those rare players where he had both mm-hmm. where, I mean, he he was a freak. He was a star from the moment he came out of high school into the pros and he won the dunk contest as a rookie. You know, he was he was a stud from the moment he came in the league, but then he was like probably one of the hardest working players in the league as well and just yeah. continued to perfect his craft and get better at what he did and make his teammates better too. He even had an Achilles injury that a lot of people would, you know, it would either end their career or, you know, set him back a ways when they come back from him. But he came back and um, still was, was dominant. So uh, his drive to succeed and to win was um, incredible. So, yeah. 
Gonna miss seeing him. I even liked the work that he was doing after he retired with his little show or, or little clips that called they called uh, he called it detail, where he would like break down plays and stuff like that. And then obviously the work he was doing with women's basketball and and coaching up his daughter and stuff. Yeah, charity. He was definitely a family man. And uh, you know there was that recent video that came out where he was like directing traffic and helping during uh, like an accident oh, yeah. that occurred. And yeah. So you know just he's gonna be missed first and foremost as a person. Um, but also as a as an icon and a, and a player and former player and ambassador for the game and a mentor to some of these younger guys. He, he that's the other cool thing. It came out recently that he had a great relationship with a lot of these current players too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really cool to see. So, but uh, I think it's safe to say that um, Kobe is definitely a legend in, in the game of basketball, and he's definitely left his uh, his permanent mark in the history of the game. And uh, Matt and I uh, definitely offer our thoughts and prayers to the families and and friends of the victims of this this crash. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, having said that, let's uh let's move on to um talking about the Sacramento Kings, Matt. Okay. Uh the Kings. Oh, this is also a uh, <laughs> l- little bit somber. Not obviously not, not near the same level, but this is yeah. this is kind of sad too. Um the Kings are currently 18 and 30. Um, but and that's going into tonight's Lakers game, which they are currently losing. So they're about to be eighteen and thirty-one. It looks like uh, they are currently the thirteen seed in the West. Uh, aside from that Lakers game, they were five and a half games back from Memphis, who's currently the eight seed. What's your? Uh, I mean, it's been three weeks since our last episode, Matt. What, what do you got for me here? Well, I don't know. Um, at this point, it, it this season has been just like. Every other King season, I get really excited at the beginning, and I have hope. And we actually play pretty decent in the beginning. And then um, around January comes, and you start realizing we're probably not going to make the playoffs. And then February hits, which is today, February 1st, and you say, yep, it's definitely not happening, which is fine. I mean, it definitely helps me... um, you know, with my anger issues towards the team, I can just, I can watch, I can analyze and not be too upset. I'm still excited if they win. And when it comes down to the fourth quarter, I'm still on the edge of my seat. Um, and I, I still care about the team. Um, but at this point it's, I'm kind of just wondering what, what we should do. It takes some of the emotions out of it and allows you to view the games more objectively as a fan and just kind of analyze what could we be doing, what's, what's actually happening and and not just getting caught up in the emotion of what's going on where you're yelling that that was a foul or, (laughs) you know, yeah. Um, By the way, the Kings game has gone final tonight and uh, we're defeated by the Los Angeles How Lakers. Much did we so lose by? 18 and 31 is our new record. Uh 129 to 113. So it was a 16 point loss. Mm. The Kings fall to 18 and 31, so I believe that puts the Kings 6 games back of Memphis for the 8 seed now. Yeah, it's um, a bummer that we have so many injuries. Um Injuries have been a huge part of this yeah. season. I mean, we lost Bagley early on, and then again and again and again later, and then Fox for a big chunk, and then uh, the recent injuries as well, right? Right. Um, so we had uh, Bagley, as we mentioned, injured again. Um, he's missed the last six games now with a foot injury, and they are now saying that he is going to miss the next three weeks. Yeah, he must have re-aggravated it because he was out for a couple games, and he came back first Detroit, played really well. 
Um, no, it was against Miami. He was playing better, yeah. Yeah, he, pl- he played well against Miami. We lost that game. We should have won that game. And then the next night he sat out against Detroit, and we haven't seen him since. It's frustrating because we all want to see him develop. It, I mean, I think there's this misconception, even for the people that are saying that, you know, the Kings should have drafted Luka or Trey Young or somebody else. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's this misconception that, Kings fans want Bagley to fail, but that's not true. We're, everybody's no. rooting for Bagley. Yeah, um, it's just hard because, and you know, he is young, and it was he twenty one, and a lot of big men, including Giannis and some other guys, t- take a couple years before they really take that step and develop. Right. And Bagley has a lot of athletic, just raw ability, but we haven't been able to see him develop because he hasn't shown the ability to stay on the court. Yeah, the last he's played, you know, two seasons or a season and a half, and he's only been out there for like twenty percent of the time. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to it really. We really can't figure out what we got with him, it. right? And in order for him to take that step, the way that those other guys did get better is by being on the court and learning and playing. And if he's not out there learning, it's going to slow down the development process. He's not just going to come back and automatically be better, right? You got to get out there and get experience. So yeah, that's been rough. And then Rashawn Holmes, Matt, has also missed the last mm. twelve games. Now they've been kind of cryptic about this one. He's had that shoulder injury where they said it, it, you know, it might be a week or two, and now it's been twelve games. Uh, it was reported that he's close to full contact, but it's just been a bummer because he was our best player this season. Yeah, that's definitely odd. I mean, when he first heard it, he came back on the bench with an ice pack or whatever it was on his shoulder and so you're thinking okay maybe it's just you know a game or two he'll miss but he just we just haven't seen him and we've been man we've needed him i mean bagley's been out too so we've been short on big men we've had to bring dead men back from from the dead yeah you know to to play some minutes um b elites has been playing a ton of minutes harry giles has been out there which has been cool to see harry but man we miss holmes just his energy his his defense mainly um rebounding efficiency it's just he might be our most valuable player because when even when fox went out uh for a stretch of time we did okay we did pretty well um but with Holmes out we haven't really said much of a chance right yeah so injuries have just been crucial it's, it's been a a rough stretch recently um matt talk about the uh the the Baysmore the the Ariza trade because it looks like Ariza was coming on strong it looked like he was actually playing pretty well yeah he was finally making us not look like morons for endorsing him before the season started right right now that then you start to wonder as a fan was all that was all those minute the heavy minutes he was getting to shop him and and make him look appealing to teams and does that trade do you think that that trade was one where the Kings genuinely felt like they were getting you know, the better end of the deal? Or do you think that was the beginning of the rebuilding process going forward? What are your thoughts on that? And do you know what the trade exactly was? Can you can you go over the... Yeah, well, we we sent Ariza and Caleb... Ariza, Caleb Swanigan, and Wenyan Gabriel to the Blazers. And um, we got Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver. Right. If I recall it correctly. I, no, that's, that's correct, I think. Um, yeah, and... and um, I don't know. It seems kind of just like a swap of randomness. Kent Bazemore is nothing really to write home about. Now, wait, were there? Wasn't there a second round pick somewhere in the trade or something? Yeah, we might have gained a pick on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, sure. No big thought. Yeah, I know. It's not really one where. <laughs> well, what is interesting though is I've watched the last couple Portland games, and Ariza's been starting, 
playing over 30 minutes a game, and he's been doing pretty darn well. Is he their new Aminu? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think well, I feel he like just... he was doing well before the trade. That's what I was saying. He was, so it's yeah, like, and that, right. that hurt the Kings a little bit too. D- yeah. Does that kind of remind you a little bit of the Iman Shumpert trade where, you know, you have kind of a, a scrappy guy? Now, granted, like Shumpert was much younger. Ariza's an older veteran, but mm-hmm. he was playing well. He was a veteran leader on the team, and then to just ship him out, what kind of message do you think that sends to the team? Do you think that had any effect or anything? Or I mean, Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, Ariza was playing well, but it's not like our record was reflecting anything positive. So um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah we'll just it. have to see. I think the more telling sign will be do the is is that going to start the domino effect? Are the Kings going to make other trades? If that's the only trade they make, then it's just kind of a shoulder shrug where it's like, okay, yeah. Um, I am but, kind of worried that the loss. I feel like he, he it wasn't Ariza. His contract was up after this year anyway, correct? So yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, I guess we just have to see what the Kings front office does going forward with that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a few. You know, we had a couple things that are notable from the past few weeks. Uh, Buddy's been coming off the bench lately, and going into tonight's Lakers game, uh, the Kings had won three out of four since Buddy moved to the bench, with the only loss being that terrible, you know, Thunder yeah. uh, loss. But what do you think about Buddy came, coming off the bench? What do you think the reasoning for that was, and do you think that it actually has helped the Kings? Like, what are your what are your thoughts as a fan about that? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, buddy, bench Buddy seems to be a good fit for him. Um, he's kind of a streaky guy with not a lot of discipline. Um, and that is more of a you know, bench player's um, MO than it is a, a starting two guard. Um, I don't know. Uh, and it's weird because when Buddy was starting, he was playing bad and Bogey was playing good off the bench. Right. And now they flip flop and now Bogey has been not doing very well as a starter and Buddy has been doing well off the bench. Um, I mean, one thing is when you come off the bench, you're playing against the other team's bench. Right. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. And so that can help, which. That's true. Yeah. And so that's probably good. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the games we really shouldn't have even won, we were down by 20 something points the entire night to Minnesota and we had a, a miracle and came back but um yeah maybe at least walton's willing to switch something up and and do something um right yeah so we'll see if that continues and how it affects the team um it's kind of a different look but i mean i think people were getting frustrated with him so i don't know if anybody (laughs) was devastated to see that move happen he's still getting heavy minutes yeah he's still out there closing games yeah you know, so we'll see what happens with that. Another notable thing, the Kings at home this season, uh, they were 8-14. and 14. They just lost at home to the Lakers. They're now 8-15 and 15 at home this season. And I remember early on in our schedule episode, we said that they need to, what did we say, like, I don't remember, but what, like... We it, thought that we wanted Golden One Center to be a place where teams would come and take L's and the Kings get well, W's. Well, you got to win your home games, right? I mean, because road games are obviously tougher to win. Even in the early 90s, when we were just awful, we would still hold like a 500 record at Arco Arena just because the crowd was pumping and the other team would be, you know, affected by the energy in the building. We need to go, we need to go back to Arco. 
You think so? Yeah, that's the fix. Not not Power Balance Pavilion. No, that doesn't that doesn't have the that same. Was, that was such uh, a trash name. I hated that <laughs> name. <laughs> I know. I just sleep sharing. How, how do we? And I feel like the Kings fans are still solid. Yeah. I just don't know why the Kings can't win at home. And a lot of these games they're in, and they just can't close the games. It's so frustrating. Well, and, and, yeah, and a lot of them were down by double digits. We come back and we make it look interesting, but we just have a bad habit of doing that. I just think we might just not be very good, Matt. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I think the Kings are better than their record reflects, which is even more frustrating, But which kind of brings me to, my, to our final note to discuss, which is the Kings have been consistently inconsistent. And what we mean by that is they can get blown out by a team like OKC, who's okay. They're not bad. They're a good team. Yeah. Or we can lose to some other team. But then we go after, you know, getting destroyed by OKC. And then the next day on a back-to-back, we beat a team like the Clippers, who was like the Vegas favorite to win the NBA Finals this year. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah, me neither. I mean, we can get hot from three. And when we are, we are tough to beat. But most of the time, we're not. To be fair, the Clippers were missing Kawhi Leonard, and they had a minutes restricted Paul George and Patrick yeah, Kevin. but still I, I know, mean, but still, still my, my, they still had Montrez Harrell and R- R- Williams. They they were still favorite. Well, like you said, we were hitting on all cylinders. Even Corey Joseph was hitting threes off the bench, and Lou Williams is their star sixth man. And I liked that whenever he came out on the court, Luke was sticking Kojo on him and yeah. just locking him down. Um, that was so, a fun game. We haven't beat the Clippers in like ten tries. Yeah, maybe more. So that was a nice, nice win. And then, you know, to lose to the Lakers is never, never fun. But (laughs) it just seems like it's the Kings have to be the most unpredictable team in the league. Like you just, you can never know what's going to happen on any given night. Well, to me, it almost feels that. And not in a fun way. Yeah. Not, not in a fun, spontaneous way. Yeah. In a like, come on. Like you want a little bit of predictability, right? Like we should be able to beat the bad teams. Yeah. You know, or or at least to me, that makes me feel like the locker room could be lost. Like the the motivation is lacking. They know that their record is is subpar, and so maybe they're not trying as hard because the defensive effort just is not consistent every night, even throughout the game. Um, and so I, I feel like maybe they're kind of checked out a little bit. But yeah, well, moving forward, let's talk about a couple positive vibes. That, you know, some some things that we can hang our hats on. That's like, okay, maybe this isn't all bad here. Mm-hmm. To me, the thing that stood out the most is the recent development of De'Aaron Fox. And oh, he just continues to develop and get better since returning from that injury. He took a step up last year and he's taken another step this year, it looks like. And over the yeah. past two weeks, he's been averaging 21 points, four rebounds, seven assists, two and a half steals. And in that Clippers game, he was just dominant. And he's just been, it seems like Luke's just kind of giving him the keys right now, especially with like the season being a little bit of a lost cause right now and a lot of injuries occurring. Yeah. Um, and Fox is just like taking the opportunity and running with it to, you know, show what he can do. Um, the development of deer and Fox has been very encouraging. And in my opinion, if that continues to happen, then it's at least something where we can say, okay, this season was not all for naught. Yeah. No, he's a beast. Um, I think that's been, like you said, one of my favorite takeaways from this year is that um, at the beginning of the year, I was wondering, like, who's going to be that guy at the end of a game to kind of put us, you know, put our team on his shoulders and, and, and take over. And I wasn't sure if Fox was going to be the guy, but he's been that guy. So hopefully he can, you know, continue to, to do that and we'll see his development as the season goes on. Um, 
the other positive vibe I'm seeing, we already kind of mentioned this, but Luke has been willing to try uh, new things. Buddy coming off the bench seems to help a little bit. Um, regardless, it's just good to see him mixing things up. Yeah, it's nice to see a coach willing to try something different, when, especially when things aren't working. They always say, um, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it is broken, maybe try to you fix it. fix it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not like the Kings are setting the world on fire right now. So it's nice to see him as a new head coach finally being bold enough to to do something like that and to mix things up a little bit. And it, and it was a positive sign that his, you know, that his move actually seemed to have somewhat of a positive effect, at least yeah. for some of those games too. So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he continues to. He still needs to get the big men figured out. He has. He's kind of been off the hook on that because they've all right. been hurt, so he hasn't had to figure that out. But for a while, he was running into some issues there. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, th- those are a couple of positive things that the Kings have. So it's not all bad, right, Matt? I mean, we got Fox developing. You know, with with Fox too. I think it stands out even more for Kings fans because we've had so many bad draft picks over the last few years. Yeah. With Thomas Robinson and Jimmer and all these guys, to see a guy continue to get better each year like Fox is great. And I remember you said at the beginning of the year that one of your keys to the season was Bagley taking that second year leap like Fox did. Mm-hmm. I would love for him to come back and start to develop like that. You know, that would be nice. But yeah, definitely. We'll no, it's not all bad. I mean, I think that the thing that sucks is we had high expectations yeah we, we were hoping for 45 to 50 wins <laughs> yeah and um and then to make it worse looking at the eighth seed it only takes a 500 team to be that eighth seed right now which seemed like it should have been well within and, reach for us right earlier in the so year just the disappointment stems from just how high our expectations were um and then the injuries, of course, you know, and then who knows um, what would have happened if we didn't have those injuries, but we'll never know. And so this is kind of a, a year that isn't it's probably not going to happen, but you know, next year we'll come back and we'll be pumped again. And yeah, and hopefully we'll, we'll still continue to see some positive things this year that we can, you know, get excited about and yeah, build on for next year. Like the um, firing of Lottie Divock, maybe? Or, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, kidding. we'll see. We will see what happens this offseason. <laughs> so let's talk about the upcoming week of games, Matt. We've got three games all at home. There's a gap in the middle of the week. We've got Monday, Saturday, Sunday, so nothing mm-hmm. on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So Monday, February 3rd, the Kings are at home against the Timberwolves, who are 15 and 33. Mm. Then Saturday, February 7th, uh, at home against Miami Heat, 33-15. and 15. They're a really good team this year. Yeah. Um, some people even pick them to be a surprise team in the East this year. Oh. Just saying. Smart so, people. <laughs> yeah, only intelligent people. Uh, and then Sunday, February 8th, at home against the Spurs, who are 21-26. and 26. They're definitely not the Spurs they used to be, but they're still right. the Spurs, so they can you can never count them out. What are your thoughts here, Matt? What's your... What are your thoughts on them? What do you think a good goal? Are we sticking with our two and one, or what's our what's our that's our template, our default we response? We got a little home stretch here, so we got to beat the Timberwolves, right? I mean, Have they're to. Awful. We don't play well in Minnesota. They're worse than us. They're I on know. a ten game losing streak. I know. And well, then Miami, we played against. Or well, when we played Miami, they didn't have Jimmy Butler. Um, we played them very well. But uh, we can beat them at home. If we have Holmes back to match up with Bam, that will help. Yeah. Because Bam is pretty good, so. Okay. All right, so we're going to beat the Wolves by 25. Okay. We're going to beat Miami by three. Book it. And then the Spurs, I think 
DeMar DeRozan's going to take a load management day, and we're going to win by 32. Okay, so you're being a little more conservative on this one. You're only going to win by 32. Okay. Yeah. So are you are you saying 3 no is the... Uh... That's my goal. Okay. Yeah. I shoot for the stars. You have to, right? I mean, yeah. at this point, what do you have to lose other than more games? So, uh, no, I, yeah, I What's think, your goal? I'd say two and one. Okay. I'd say, realistically, Wolves and Spurs, probably not Miami. But, I mean, I would have said there's no way we'd beat the Clippers this week. So, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel, man. I'm tossing up my hands. So, we'll probably lose to the Wolves, I, blow out Miami, and then lose a nail-biter to the Spurs. That sounds like the Kings. Yeah. Or Kings. Kings. Yeah. Kings. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's this week. Let's uh, wrap it up with some news and notes. All right. Wait, what? News. News and notes. So just tonight, Kyrie Irving left the game with a sprained right knee. Um, They haven't really given any details about it other than the fact that um, he will undergo an MRI tomorrow, which is Sunday. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully he's not out long. Yeah, he's been out for a, uh, a long time this year. Yeah. Steph Curry is making progress, hoping for a March return. Do I would you, say that's kind of surprising. Do you think he should come back? If I'm the Warriors, I'm hoping he doesn't. I'm going for the lottery pick, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean they're going to try and do they, what the Niners did with they lost Jimmy G last year because the Niners were going to be probably a close to 500 team, mm-hmm. which would be middle of the draft pick, you know. Lost Jimmy G, stunk it up. Got to draft Nick Bosa, get Jimmy G back, and where and, are they going and now, tomorrow? And now here we are on Super Bowl Eve saying bang, bang, Niner game. Bang, so, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I feel like they should just let Curry and Clay just rest and heal up and yeah. get a good pick. And, uh, or, or, or maybe they could have four more point guards to go along with, you know, <laughs> uh, D'Angelo and Curry and all the other ones. Maybe they could get a bunch. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there. So uh, speaking of superstar point guards, Luka Ooh. Doncic is out at least six games with an ankle injury. He's had a little bit of injury uh, oh, problems yeah, recently as yeah. well. So if he wants to continue his or have a chance at, at his uh, dark horse MVP season, <laughs> he needs to needs to stay on the court. I hope he doesn't miss the All Star break or the All Star game. I know. It looks like he per- might. He oh. could. I'd yeah. like to see him out there, but we will see. Yeah. Speaking of which, Matt. Yes, the uh, NBA All Star game will feature teams wearing the number twenty four and the number two. In uh, in honor of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, Gianna wore number two as a player in her um, you know, Mamba Academy team. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And yeah. from what I read, I think LeBron's team is twenty four, and and Giannis is two. Mm-hmm. Um, the the format of the All Star Game is really cool as well, where they're dividing the first three quarters and treating them as individual games, and the winner gets to choose a charity to donate that money is donated to. And then in the fourth quarter, they're picking up the total score of the game. Yeah. And there's no time limit in the fourth quarter. Okay. It's just score. And if the team that's ahead just has to score 24 points. Mm-hmm. The team that's losing in the game has to score 24 plus whatever their deficit was. So if they were down by five after the first three quarters, mm-hmm. they need to score 29, if that makes sense. So obviously that's a, a little tribute to Kobe Bryant. I really like that they are honoring him with this and i feel like they should like eventually like you know name the the all-star game mvp after him or something like that something like that yeah i like Uh, that format though 
because the all the NBA All Star Game has turned into one of the worst All Star Games out there. It's been a joke. It's hard. Not as bad as the Pro Bowl, but it's still bad. Right. I don't even watch the Pro Bowl. I'll watch the All Star Game. Dude, but. the Pro Bowl. They were seriously playing two hand touch this year. I, I watched three plays, like and that was ups, yeah. four too many. It was they were still wearing full pads, but they were just kind of stop contact. I saw Derrick Henry catch a pass from running guys, and then just kind of lower his head and stop. And like they weren't even tackling. Yeah, what's it was, the point? Yeah. It's like, just go play flag then. Flag like, that would be, be more entertaining anyway. I want to see Lamar sick. Jackson juke yeah. some fools in flag football. Anyway. Flag football. Yeah, I, I like when they can make the All-Star game meaningful. And I think one very effective way to do that is to get them playing for charities. Which, yeah. So I think that that was a cool idea. So Yeah. Uh, you going to watch it this year? The All-Star game? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'll watch it. I always do. I like the uh, the night before the Saturday night uh, festival with like the dunk contest, a three point yeah. contest. Buddy Heels in the three point contest. That's this year. right. You think you can win it? Sure. I haven't looked at the Vegas odds yet or anything, but yeah, I, I would think he's got a shot. Right? Yeah, he was in uh, I think the finals last year for it, so maybe he could take some of that experience. And I mean, he doesn't have to dribble or pass or make any like basketball IQ moves, so he's got a great shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that would be awesome. I'd love to see Buddy win that. Yeah. And I'd also love to see the 49ers win tomorrow. But oh my gosh, I have a feeling that the trolls will come out lurking for us if the uh That's if what the I'm really lose, but the most worried about. All, all the, the bitter ra- the Raiders and Cowboys fans and face it work Rams fans. Online. And, yeah. We got to face it like a man, though. You don't ghost. No. You face it like a man. You say good game and you get on with life. You man up. You take the L. Yep. You don't make excuses. You don't get bitter. You don't get angry. We say this now, but we're both going to be pissed if they lose. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when all the bitter Raiders and Cowboys fans come tro- come out trolling. So. But the thing is, sitting in your room right now looking at your wall with three Sports Illustrated covers of the Giants and their World Series championships, we could always hang our hats on that. That's true. Yeah. But it's been 25 years. It would be amazing to get a 49ers Super Let's Bowl. Go. And then Kings Championship, Matt. I want it. Yeah, next year. Next year? Okay. You heard it here first. Matt Smith is saying that in 2021, the Sacramento Kings will win the NBA championship. So we're going to end on that note because that's what better way to end than that. Um, Please continue to follow us on Twitter. um, Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, That's all we have this time. Until next time, I'm Matt. He is also Matt, and this is the Sacramento Podcast. Peace.